You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports, parents fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Victory Monday as the Green Bay Packers held off the Detroit Lions 31 to 24 in a game that the the Packers only got a handful of possessions in the first half, which which added to the weirdness of what went down in this game. Uh, The defense played better than it seemed like they did in some ways uh, just because of the game flow and everything that went on. They were able to use their offense as their best defense and the the Lions who end up scoring 24 in this game they only had 14 midway through the fourth quarter whereas the Packers had 28 and and the, the Packers had a lead for a lot of this game they let the Lions come back in the first half and then to a degree in the second half this is going to be the thing that we remember from this game is the, is the sloppy penalties the uh, kick return at the end of the game, this should have been a game that the Packers won by two scores. When you look at the underlying stats, you would think the Packers did win by two scores. They outgained the Lions 410 to 293 on a per play basis. It's 6.4 to 5, which is a huge gap. They outpass the Lions. They outrush the Lions by better than two to one. They're far better on third down, and they outpossess the ball by more than 10 minutes relative to the Lions, including a a quick strike on the first drive of the game. Green Bay play to play was better than the Lions. The problem was the penalties to extend drives. There were penalties by Green Bay that held some of their drives back. This was not the kind of sharp performance that you wanted to see against a division rival. Now, all of that said, you secure the NFC North because the Vikings lose. And you're now in position to be the one seed in the NFC if you win out because the Saints lost to Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. So regardless of how they looked on Sunday. They won. They're 10 and 3. And they are now the top seed in the NFC thanks to a win against New Orleans. And for all of the issues that the defense had, uh they were still able to get pressure on Matthew Stafford at times. Uh not consistent pressure, but they were able to get pressure, four sacks, all of them came in the first half. 
there were major issues in the middle of the field with the linebackers and the safeties just letting guys run free a little bit too much zone coverage for my liking. But part of that is because they don't have Raven Green, who is kind of the perfect guy to play uh, as a, a tight end man cover player and is someone that they've used there a lot this season. They clearly didn't want to use Vernon Scott or Will Redmond and it did not play as much Camille Martin as I thought they would. He seems to make an impact play. You know, once every four snaps he's out there, the problem is he's only playing like eight or 10 snaps. So how can he get into the flow of the game? What changes about this team this year, though, because the defense is still inconsistent and they're always going to be with Mike Patton just because of how he wants to play. He wants to create negative plays. And if that means giving up some plays on the back end, he's willing to do that. He wants to be disruptive up front. He wants to get you in second and 12 because there's a much better chance he's going to get off the field than if it's second and eight or second and seven. You want to you want to make sure that you are creating negative plays, even if it means giving up some plays in front, which is exactly, of course, what the Packers do. The difference this year compared to last year, the Packers offense can carry the load. The Lions had no answers for Devontae Adams. Seven catches, a buck 15, and a touchdown. Marquez Valdez-Scantling played one of his best games of his NFL career. Six catches, 85 yards, and I think his best touchdown as a pro on a back shoulder fade contested catch. He goes up and grabs a laser beam from Aaron Rodgers. He was reliable. He was dynamic. And we didn't see any of the hiccups. We didn't see any of the oopsie plays. There were there was no drop 70 yards down the field where you're going, come on. They get the contributions from Big Bob Tunyon. Five catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Rodgers runs in a score. And he just, you know, casually throws for 293 touchdowns and a 133 passer rating. Did they get a ton of production in the run game? Not really. But Aaron Jones still gets 70 yards on 15 carries, was much more productive in the second half. Jamal Williams got his 10 carries, 38 yards. You know, if he's if he's hovering around that four yards a carry, he's doing what you're asking him to do. I thought the offense was a little too conservative at times, but they were able to make the plays that they needed to make. And that is what makes this team so dangerous. The defense last year was able to win games when the offense couldn't. It was more rare last year, and this seems weird, but it's true, that the offense was able to do the reverse, where the offense was able to pick up for the defensive mistakes or the lapses here and there. This year, the offense just gets what it wants. They're a walking 30-point game. I mean, they didn't play great football, and they got to 31. Now, the Lions have a bad defense, but the Packers, in the passing game, highly efficient. In the running game, less efficient. But it seemed like whenever they needed to get a first down, they could get Devontae Adams free. And, you know, they they convert seemingly every third down they looked at in this game for that reason. I mean, they go 8 of 11 on third downs. They only had 8 drives. Only had 8 drives. They scored on 5 of them. So when you're when you're having that kind of efficiency, it pairs well with the kind of defense Mike Patton wants to play because the deal is and I've said this a hundred times, 10, 12, 15 play drives. And we think 
you can't be as efficient on your drives as we can on ours. That's exactly what happened. On the scores for the Lions, 11 plays, 75 yards. 11 plays, 80 yards. 13 plays, 75 yards. The the one exception is after the kick return, 7 plays, 19 yards. And you're also eating time off the clock. You know, five and a half minute drive, four minute drive, uh, five and a half minute drive. I mean, those, when, when that's what you're doing, and then you go three and out. I mean, to open the game, Green Bay scores, they force a three and out, they score again. Same thing to open the second quarter, touchdown, three and out, touchdown. It's 28-14. And it's 28-14 now in the fourth quarter. And you don't have a lot of time to figure it out. They were able to go touchdown field goal, but when it's a two-possession game and you only get two possessions, if Green Bay is able to get any points in between, you're screwed. And that's exactly what happened. Green Bay gets the field goal. Devontae Adams makes the big play and and you get the field goal. So, you know, Ben Fennel brought this up when he came on a week or two ago. He was like, look, this is a defense that that complements the offense because they expect you can't be as efficient as Green Bay can. And if you are not as efficient offensively, it could be a problem. You may have to change your approach. And against certain teams, they may play differently. You know, Matthew Stafford was good in this game. It's not like he was great. I mean, 24 of 34 for 244 and a touchdown. Under seven and a half yards in attempt. Sacked four times. Took a brutal sack at the end of the first half that kept them out of field goal range. Green Bay gets back-to-back sacks to end the half and stop the Lions from scoring. That's exactly what Mike Patton wants. So yeah, some drives, you may go the distance. You may go 80 yards in 15 plays and score. Then you're going to go three and out because you're going to make the mistake. That's the goal. And so in some ways, this was an encapsulation of the season. You have Aaron Rodgers and the offense with Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. You get a little contribution from another guy. In this case, it was MVS. You get the steady contributions from Tunyon. The pass rush makes a couple plays and you win. Sometimes it's that easy. I mean, that's what they've been doing all season. And against an inferior opponent, you can commit bad penalties. You can have some, some, you know, coverage busts. They didn't have bad run fits. Packers run defense actually played pretty well in this game. 51 yards for the Lions on 15 carries. Under three and a half yards a carry. Adrian Peterson, four carries, seven yards. DeAndre Swift, seven carries, 24 yards. This defense, carry on Johnson, two carries, three yards. So, you know, Jamal Agnew is 11 of those 51 yards on a little end around. The run defense was pretty good. If you play stout run defense, you don't turn the ball over, and you make teams drive the length of the field, you're going to win a lot of those games precisely because of what this offense is capable of doing. And I said this during the game on Twitter. If MBS is going to make contested back shoulder throws, there's just nothing you can do with this offense. There's there's nothing you can do. The only team that can beat this Packers team is the Packers. That's that's where I am right now because if they play their best, they can beat anyone. Now if you know, look, if the Chiefs play their best, yeah, their best is probably better than Green Bay's best. Rarely do you match bests though even in a Super Bowl. 
the Chiefs won without playing their best against the 49ers last year. They played, you know, pretty mediocre football for three quarters. And because they were so good in the fourth quarter, it didn't matter. But Green Bay is capable of doing that. And and look, we've seen the Seahawks go out and they lose to the Giants. We've seen, you know, the Saints, albeit with Taysom Hill, but they go out and lose to a dog Philly team with a backup quarterback. And and not just lose, they got worked in that game. They got worked. This this buy is critical. It's critical for the Packers because they showed the graphic during the game. More than half of the teams that go to the Super Bowl have first round buys. And you know, you can cite the fan cynicism stuff about oh, they, you know, their their record coming off buys. They won a playoff game off a of buy last year and looked really good. Came off the buy fresh, came off the buy with new stuffed Tyler Irvin packages. Double moves, tendency breakers, and and they beat the Seahawks pretty soundly in a game that was not really as close as the final score indicated. I know I say that a lot. This Packers team can win the NFC. You just wanted a little bit more out of them precisely because that's how you feel. For a number one team in the NFC, this was not a, a particularly impressive win, but the fact that they are a walking 30-point team They just fall into 30 points, speaks to their combustibility, speaks to their dynamic talent. And I think that is ultimately what's going to carry them. Because when you look at the the stats, the Chiefs are not any more consistent defensively than the Packers are. Their offense is just special. And that is something that can carry you to a Super Bowl. The Chiefs are the favorite. Everyone knows the Chiefs are the favorite, right? But they've got... The 18th defense by DVOA coming into the 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 the, the week. Green Bay's 20th. About the same. About the same. And the offenses are 1-2 in the league. So, you know, it, it's not like they're fundamentally less flawed. Pittsburgh is the opposite. They've got the number one defense, but the 17th offense, they do one thing great. And one thing eh, kind of mediocre. They're sort of the mirror image of the Chiefs. And I, I do hope we get... Chiefs Steelers in an, in an AFC championship game because it's going to be strength on strength. And who knows, maybe we get a 2010 rematch. But this Packers offense to the point is the reason that you can that you can have some of these fluctuations on defense and it is specifically the reason that this approach for the Packers defensively albeit with some better play than we saw can work. A couple things that I want to hit on before we before we finish up. It's only halfway through the podcast, so we got a couple things to talk about. I want to start with Darnell Savage because he makes the key play at the end of the first half. Leads the team in tackles, by the way. Sack, a TFL. And he makes this really what was a momentous play because if, if the Lions go down there and score... It puts a lot more pressure on Green Bay to come out in the second half and get the touchdown that ultimately they got. But the game changes. You go down at halftime after going up 14-7 and scoring consecutive touchdowns. There there is a deflating effect there. You get the sack. You know, Dean Lowry gets a sack and you you get to be done. You get to go to halftime tied. Savage, his ability to play in the middle of the field, to fly around. I, I would have liked to see him on Hawkinson a little bit more, frankly. The Packers are building a defense 
that can be really good. And I said that before the season, they haven't played really well. I think part of that is scheme. And I do think there are a couple key weak spots for them. But the Lions got essentially nothing throwing at Jair Alexander. And Adrian Amos separated receiver from ball a couple times in this game. He flew around and made tackles. Darnell Savage flew around and made some tackles. The Lions' approach was throw at Kevin King, run it at Kevin King, make him cover, make him work. And that was a successful game plan. Now, whether or not that that means, you know, you need to start Josh Jackson, I don't know. But I I was on this show while Jackson was playing going, you know, a lot of the things that that Jackson does well um, right now, Kevin King doesn't. And, and the point that I was making then was the things that Kevin King struggles with, he's always struggled with. And he hasn't gotten better at them. Josh Jackson has gotten better. Josh Jackson is a better tackler right now than Kevin King. I, I think he has improved as a man cover player. He's improved playing the ball in the air. And he is somewhat less grabby than he used to be. By the way, Xavier Howard might be the best corner in football, not named Jair Alexander. And he is also very grabby, gets called for a lot of penalties and made a ridiculous one-handed interception on Sunday. There are foundational pieces here with the pass rush on the interior. Kenny Clark played great. They didn't get as much from the edge guys. Darius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Rashawn Gary gets a sack. That was the one that that uh, you know you start to say, okay, he, he smelled blood on that one. He got around the edge and closed with force to Matthew Stafford. They have the foundational pieces, and we saw last week when they play well together, they can be a good defense. But there are holes, and the middle of the field is still a problem. Christian Kirksey is still a problem. Slow to react at times. Just look slow in the open field. I, I would just rather have Kamel Martin and Chris Burns out there and live with the, the mistakes because they're going to make mistakes at 100 miles an hour. And Kamel Martin put a shot on Matthew Stafford. The Packers ultimately knocked Stafford out of the game. Kenny Clark and, and a, a roll-up that looked like it could have been bad for his legs, could have been bad for his ribs. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And it ultimately seemed like it was the rib injury that that knocked him out of the game. The Packers have talent all over this defense. It's these few holes that can that can really pop up and beat them. And I think they come up more often when they're in zone coverage. Now, when you lose Raven Green, it is tougher to play more man because you can't put Christian Kirksey on TJ Hawkinson and expect to win those matchups. You probably can't with Kamel Martin or Chris Barnes either. But I think athletically, those guys have a better chance. So the fact that Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage are playing well is great, but you still have this weakness. And I do think they have the bodies to give you at least baseline level play. I think Kamel Martin can be that, can do that for you. They are not getting it from the linebacker position right now. So this isn't even a run defense problem. The, the, the front played well. Kenny Clark was great. In this game, disruptive in the in the middle as a run defender, disruptive as a pass rusher and an impact tackler. You got quality play from your safeties and Jair Alexander is going to give you that every week. I thought Chandon Sullivan didn't have a great game. He hasn't had a great season adjusting to being the full time nickel, but I'm, I'm certainly not ready to just give up on him there. I, I love the talent, uh, the physical attributes that he has and, and some of the playmaking instincts that he has. 
you know, this is the same guy who had a leaping pick six against the, the Lions in the first matchup. When everything is clicking, we saw what this defense is capable of. There's still enough here that you have to be concerned or at least understanding that this is going to be the reason, ultimately, if they don't finish this, the reason for the millionth time, it seems, is going to be that the defense wasn't good enough. And that's a bummer, but it's the reality of where this team is at this point. And, and you know, the, the Lions are a fine offensive team. They're an average offensive team. If they have Kenny Galladay, they can even be a good offensive team. You would like to see them play a little bit better than than what we saw. But again, 14 points in the fourth quarter. Just don't let them be efficient. Don't let them, in terms of points per drive, be effective. We talk about this in basketball, points per possession. If Green Bay is going to be solid defensively in points per possession, just be average. Just be the 16th defense in, in terms of points. Your offense is going to score enough to win because on a per possession basis, you're going to get enough stops. And Green Bay has, by the way, all season been able to do that. So it's something that I do think, as Ben Fennell said, that it is a formula that can win so long as the offense is playing well. The offense is playing well. And that is still going to be the reason that they can win football games. Is it is the defensive play going to be the reason they win a game in the playoffs? Not really, not in like a 10-3 kind of way, but they certainly can be the reason Green Bay loses in the playoffs. On the other hand, they certainly can in a situation like, you know, you go back to 2014, four interceptions, that should have been enough to beat the Seahawks. And against, you know, most of the teams in the NFC this year, and probably all of the teams in the NFC, that, that Seahawks team was really good. If the Packers create four turnovers against any team in the NFC this year, and they can because of the playmakers, the pass rush, the cornerbacks, uh, the safeties, they're going to win because this offense is that good. It, it is still a, a real question about what this defense is going to look like in the playoffs. And uh, I think we we have to just keep an eye on that moving forward. I think week 16 is going to be a big test for them against the Titans. And, and if you win that game, I think you can feel really good about where this team is and who they can beat here in the playoffs. All right, before we finish up, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And now it comes with even more deliciousness with six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, and a lot more. These are awesome. They are the best tasting protein bars ever. The protein bars that taste like candy bars because they're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And when you go to BuiltBar.com right now, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. I want to finish up here with the special teams because this is a problem, a real problem because in a game against a good team, if if you're in the NFC Championship game against the Saints, you cannot have this kind of special team stuff. Cannot happen. Cannot give up a 71-yard return late in a game up 10 because it's the kind of thing that can get you beat by a good team. And, and we've seen it. Special teams have been a real problem for this team. And, and Green Bay has, has had to make changes. I mean, how many special teams coaches have they had in the last 10 years? And how many have you wanted fired? Like all of them, right? This is something that just consistently cannot happen. 
And it's all about discipline. It's all about rush lanes. It's all about the fundamentals. And it's just clearly not being coached well. I mean, this there are there are things that you you might not have the talent to do offensively or defensively. And, and you just say, well, coaches can only do so much. Special teams is two things. It's effort and it's coaching. And I think the Packers are giving effort. But they're not playing discipline and they're not playing smart. That's on the coaches to put them in a position to be doing that. It could ultimately cost Green Bay in the playoffs. And you'd hate to see that because we've been down this road before. 2014, it cost them a Super Bowl chance in in multiple ways. The fake field goal, uh, the bumbled onside kick, we know about the deal. We don't have to go over it. The flip side of that, though, Mason Crosby, absolute nails. On a day when the Vikings help the Packers clinch the NFC North because their kicker, who used to be the most automatic kicker in the league, could not make anything. And on a day where multiple kickers around the league seem to just lose their minds, Mason Crosby goes out, extends the lead from 7 to 10 late in the game with a career-long, a 58-yarder, after the ball was pushed back. It was going to be a 53-yarder. And a false start penalty pushes it back. You have Mason Crosby out there doing the damn thing. This is the flip side of the other parts of the special teams. You have a distinct advantage when you can trot Mason Crosby out there. And late in the game, you know he's going to deliver. Has kicked some clutch field goals in his life. Did it last year twice against the Lions. Has the biggest field goal in Packers history. Kicked multiple 50-yarders in that Cowboys playoff win back in 2016. That is a weapon for Green Bay. And you look at some of the other teams in the NFC. They don't have as reliable an option there as Green Bay does. The fact that Mason is a Packer is an advantage for Green Bay. The same way that having Aaron Rodgers is. Now, not the same way, right? Um, But you have an advantage almost every time you go out there in the kicking game. Because the other guy on the other side is not going to be as reliable as the guy you have. He's kicking over 90% since that nightmare game in Detroit in 2018. He has been nails. And you know, in a big spot, when he goes out there, you feel confident that he's going to make it. And you you know that these guys want to win for him. And I'm sure you want to win for him. Because he's been a rock for this team. He and his family have gone through a lot. They are leaders on this team and in the community. Guys like Mason Crosby are a credit to your organization, and and it is really lucky that the Packers have him. I said it all day. All through the early games, kickers were missing kicks and extra points left and right, and I was just like, you know what? The Packers are lucky that they have Mason Crosby. He's everything on their special teams because the punting is not good, the coverage is not good, but the kicking is lights out. And it, it may very well be the difference in a playoff game that he's able to go three for three and the other team's kicker goes one for three in Lambeau, especially if the road goes through Green Bay because Mason is used to kicking in those conditions. He's done it and and is a proven winner on this team. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Expert Tuesday. Zayu doing on Wednesday, crossover Thursday, the whole bit. 
as the Packers try and secure the number one seed in the NFC win out. And you've got it. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.